Hey Jordan, how you doing? If it hadn't been for Big Shiny <laughs> Tunes 8, I would have listened to some better music. <laughs> you didn't listen to this album. This is the only this is the only time that you will ever listen to or have ever listened to Big Shiny Tunes 8. Oh, by the way, welcome to the Big Shiny Podcast. I am Chris Betts. Uh, with me as always is Jordan Robson Kramer. Um, this album is all over the place. We got uh, we got some classics, some Jane's Addiction comeback. Um, some 41 is back again, Nickelback, obviously, but then some weird ones, uh, the salads who I'd never heard of before. Watch that video immediately, folks. It's so weird. It's so weird. Uh, Queens of the Stone Age finally makes an appearance. Um, yeah, there's some, there's some ups and some downs on this album. It's, uh, but it feels like, it feels like it's Big Shiny Tunes is trying to pull itself away from what it's been for the last couple albums, like reality. <laughs> which is a very similar uh, <laughs> feeling one gets when smoking. So, <laughs> yeah, so this is a uh, 2003 um, pretty fun album. If you, uh, uh, if you enjoy the podcast, please rate and review us. It helps us get uh, more listeners. Um, feel free to join the Patreon, patreon.com slash big shiny podcast. Uh, we've got all our uncut interviews on there and we're going to start putting up some extra content as well. Uh, is there anything else to cover before we get into this? Um, probably, but, uh, I think this one is kind of hard to wrap your head around as a whole, but going through it, mm. um, I hope that you guys don't get lost in the labyrinth of confusing, confusing choices that this edition made. Cause, um, it is, it's got some serious one eighties. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget to check out the uh, Spotify playlist, uh, so you can listen along. Uh, because, yeah, you're going to snap your neck going back and forth between a few of these songs. Especially when you listen to all the songs uh, neatly arranged on a Spotify playlist, but then have to uh, click on a YouTube link to, in order to hear the salads. <laughs> yeah, man. Some of these bands just, you can tell how their career went post Big Shiny Tunes because even Spotify doesn't have them. It's like, Spotify has chubby checker albums. <laughs> <laughs> they, don't have, they don't have the song from 2003. God, how did, how did the twist not get a uh, Elvis-style revamp? I would have loved that more than trapped. Jesus. Whoever the next Skrillex is, is going <laughs> to jump all over that and um, do a sweet mashup. Yeah. Well, speaking of jumping all over things, uh, I, help me segue that, Chris. I, I just said that. Without <laughs> even We're going to go into the podcast now. Thank you, as always, for listening. Enjoy Big Shiny Tunes 8. We'll talk to you at the end. Well, So, how was your 2003? It was getting better, man. Um, it was a little bit uh, shitty, a little bit uh, neat, too. I mean, it was the year I graduated, which uh, last episode, for some reason, I thought I graduated in 2002. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> you were just so eager. <laughs> I think so. I was eager to do something, uh, and that later would be moving to Montreal, but since I didn't know what that was yet, I was like, why don't I follow the person I've been secretly in love with for the last two years to university and sink thousands of dollars that, uh, uh, in, in this blind hope that, um, she will notice me. Uh, that has never gone wrong. No, uh, it did. You guys are married now, I assume. Uh, divorced twice, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I signed up for journalism school at uvic at the university of victoria for some reason i almost took that program 
man, we could That's have crazy. We could have been like the best dropouts together, or uh, yeah, or maybe you would. <laughs> maybe I would have stayed the course if I had met you. But um, going to shows, playing music with a band I was in called Lake Boat. You were in a band called Lake Boat. You had very interesting band names. I like how literal a lot of them were. The it, they we used to be called Short Pants Romance, and then it was decided nope, oh, Lake yeah. Boat. <laughs> But, um, no, you're right. It's got a lot more pizzazz to it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so I, I was playing in bands. I, I made two albums in 2003, too. One was for a work experience program for uh, cool. high school, which was kind of great because I feel like most of my peers actually went and got a job where I was like, mm. can I just record a record? And if I want to be a musician in life, like uh, they're going to bill you for studio hours. And I, I totally had the scheme in it. The the woman, the work uh, uh uh, what do they call them? Work experience uh, guide. Uh, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, career uh, counselor. Yeah, she she was like sh- she was like sure. Awesome. Basically, meant I got to spend like hours throughout the my evenings recording, and my parents couldn't tell me to shut up because I needed <laughs> to do it. <laughs> That's perfect, man. I was yeah, I, I I was like working a job as a dishwasher, and I I think like just trying to even wrap my head around getting over this girl that I uh where where, where it wasn't reciprocal um, made mm. it so I was totally blind to any other girl that actually was interested in me. Um, yeah, classic buying drugs like from sketchy people downtown um okay i remember i think i accidentally took pcp uh when i bought weed off this guy wearing a shirt uh that had a happy face but where the eyes were were um holes that he cut around his nipples wait have we talked about this guy before on the podcast or just before in our friendship because that's a terrible choice (laughs) yeah i mean it was a lesson probably that i had to learn which is just like know your dealer (laughs) yeah yeah i I remember actually as he handed me the weed his parting words to me was have a good time with this one oh jesus and i so ominous yeah and i did have a good time if if a good time means i uh sat at a bench smoked two hits and astral projected out of my body and woke up five hours later (laughs) yeah that's very much that that reminds me for some reason the first thing i thought of was remember when bart had that clown bed that he was terrified of yes in his dream would go if you should die before you wake (laughs) that's how i pictured that guy (laughs) can't sleep gonna astral project outside my own body yeah (laughs) i mean it feels like uh was it was it a uh seminal moment in the making of jordan oh totally because I, I think like this year too when i was revisiting what i was into um it was also the year i discovered Eroid, the uh, database for like all psychoactive um compounds and chemicals oh, yeah. and and it, particularly that website um had a whole section that cataloged people's uh trip reports on psychedelics so i think yeah. I, I was definitely I'm like how do i get mushrooms how do i and and it would still be another couple years before I got it, but I think it got me more into the idea of like, oh, like this idea of drugs isn't some uniform notion. The human mind is an amazing thing that can experience all kinds of states, apparently, uh, especially <laughs> especially from uh, the one that interested me the most actually was um, salvia uh, because of oh, people's yeah. descriptions of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was listening to a lot of music uh, from the States, particularly things off a label called GSL and 31G. Um, I was into Destroyer a lot. Uh, I was actually part of like the first mm. wave of fans that were into like Animal Collective, like seven years, oh, cool. seven years before they even like broke big, you know? Nice. So, um, yeah, it was like definitely a mix of like some fun things and also just like super, uh, 
uh, shitty times because of uh, my parents' bullshit. But um, how about you, man? So you were in when we last left you, you were in Europe, I believe. Um, yeah. So like, I actually i I realized that I sort of do um, what you did with two thousand two with two thousand three, where I just forget that it happened, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> Because, like, at the end of 2002, I was in Cork working at the HMV. I decided to leave right at Christmas to try my hand at um, working in the French Alps because a friend of mine had worked there and he'd made it sound really great. And uh, and I didn't think in terms of seasons. And so by the time I got there, the season was basically over. There was, like, a month left, month left and no one was hiring. Yeah. So I was just sad and broke in the Swiss Alps or French Alps. You were you were a Wes Anderson character essentially. <laughs> it was it was so much bleaker than that. I was uh, reading Heavier Than Heaven, the um, the uh, biography of Kurt Cobain. Oh wow! A- and um, it was all just very bleak. And I spent three days like basically camped out in a bus station because I couldn't afford to be anywhere else. It was a very very strange time. And so in the end, I went back down to Nice for a little bit because you could get there pretty pretty cheap. And I already knew it, so I was like, maybe I can find a job there. And I befriended a Tunisian man in the hostel because we were the only two people there, and we sold shoes on the black market for a little while. Okay, so what 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 does the black market mean? Like, uh, uh, you buy your shoes off of an illegal wholesaler who God knows where he got it from, um, and then you just sort of set out like a blanket in old Nice, which is like the old sort of fort version, which is very beautiful. Uh, but yeah, and then and there's tons of people which is like shit on blankets. And when cops come, everybody just grabs their blankets and fucking runs. What what um, what led you to this path? Were you uh did you spend all your money on drugs too? <laughs> no, I just I just wasn't good at saving money. That was my problem. Is um I was I was 18 and uh, I just wanted to spend it all. And so so yeah, and then it was it was just me and this guy and we were in uh this hostel. We were the only two people, so the person who ran the hostel put us in the same room. Yeah. And um and we got to talking. He was interesting because he was the only person I met who was for the Iraq war for a reason that I hadn't heard before. And he was just like, listen, you're from Canada and that's fine, but I'm from Tunisia. I know the problems that Saddam Hussein has caused much more intimately than you do. Right. And anything that gets rid of that guy, I'm for it. Wow. That's a that's a hard stance. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, you know what? I am an 18-year-old 18, 18 suburban guy. I am not going to argue with you on that. I'm just going to take it in as a very interesting thing that I've learned. Yeah. Um, and so we got along really well. And then he was like, one day, after we'd known each other for a couple of days, he goes, uh, I fell out with my supplier today. Do you mind coming in <laughs> and helping me? And I was like, yeah, no problem. And so, so I went in. And he was funny because he explained to me how racist French people are. Yeah. And the ways in which they're racist, because he was like, when I first showed up, everyone called me Italian because I lived in Italy for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, oh, this fucking Italian asshole, whatever. And then he's like, as soon as I started making a little bit of money and I had some success in the market, they were like, oh, look at this French success story. Hey, what a guy. Classic, <laughs> like, classic French bullshit right there, man. The English do that with Scottish people as well. Like yeah. Andy Murray, uh, when he's winning at tennis, yeah. that dude is English to the English. <laughs> but uh, but when they're losing, oh boy, are they some dumb jocks. Yeah. Uh, so... Um, but yeah, so he was, he was fascinating. We had a pretty good time. And then I just hit this wall where I was like, I, I'm bored of being broke and being away from home. I'm tired of being a petty criminal. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I hopped on a plane and I flew home. Um, and then I just got a job at a Safeway. What did you, did, just, did you feel like you were flying back with your tail between your legs a little bit? Did you feel a bit ashamed to? 
a little bit. I was proud of how far I'd gotten, yeah. but I wanted to make it a whole year. So I felt a little bit ashamed that I hadn't made it a, a whole year. Hated it so much that one of the old guys that worked there, like a lifer, yeah. pulled me aside and he was like, you fucking hate it here. You should quit. So I did that. And then um, after three months, I was tearing my fucking hair out because I still had hair. And I sent an email to, do you remember the guy that I lived in a tent with in France? Yep. Did I mention him, Ben? Yep. I sent him an email because I knew he was in England. And I was like, I got to get out of here. And he emailed me back two weeks later just saying, okay, cool. I've got you a job and an apartment. Be here in two weeks. So I just hopped on a plane to England, uh, moved to Brighton, and I ended up living there for about three years. That's where I started bartending. That was my first ever bar job was at an Italian place called Quad. So it was a tumultuous year, but it like put everything in place for the rest of my life. Yeah, I got to say, um, when I when I think of an international jet setter, I, I think of something that's not um, some dude bunking with a... Uh, a Tunisian criminal selling shoes in an alleyway, <laughs> but yeah, right, all sorts. <laughs> <laughs> but you've led a fascinating life. I think uh, depressed uh, two thousand three me would have um, preferred being depressed in Europe somewhere. Definitely, that yearning to escape was prevalent in uh, in my year, whereas yours was your yearning to um, escape being arrested by European police. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah, it was a hell of a time. Hell of a time. So, Iraq War started March 20th, 2002. You remember where you were? Everyone remembers where they were. It was awful. Biggest protest in history. Didn't do shit. Um, Saddam Hussein was taken down that same year. That's where the very memeable Saddam in a hole picture came from. SARS. It was SARS year. Wow. The first SARS, not this SARS. Yeah. The, the original SARS. <laughs> it was, um, yeah, I mean, I remember it shut Toronto down. Like on the West Coast, it didn't affect us, but Toronto was shut down. Mm -hmm. And um, and they, that was the year that they had the big Toronto SARS concert. <laughs> and the lineup was crazy. They had like Flaming Lips, uh, the Guess Who, Rush, ACDC, Rolling Stones, and my personal favorite, Justin Timberlake, uh, because I don't know if you remember this, but he just got pelted with bottles. <laughs> He, as soon as he walked on stage. Toronto's are sexy enough. They don't need to bring it back, man. It was so funny. And it was it was actually the moment, because I, I have a lot of time for Justin Timberlake now. Um, and that was the moment where I was like, maybe this guy doesn't suck. Because in an interview afterwards, he's like, I would have thrown bottles at me too. What the hell am I doing on this lineup? <laughs> me, ACDC, and the Rolling Stones? What were they thinking? And I was like, I mean, that's a very reasonable approach, young man. Thank you. So... <laughs> Um, so yeah, so there was that, um, MySpace and 4chan were launched. Yep. They were launched in the same year. I didn't know that. So that was the, be between the Iraq war, MySpace and 4chan, the beginning of the end began in 2003. Totally. Tom, you, you, uh, you were a lot friendlier looking than Mark Zuckerberg. I'll give you that. <laughs> God, what did we do to send Tom away? You know, we didn't appreciate him while we had him. <laughs> uh, some movies that came out, we got, uh, Kill Bill came out. Uh, the third Lord of the Rings came out for your art house movie fans, Dogville, uh, Zatoichi, the Blind Swordsman, uh, Finding Nemo came out, Love Actually, Bad Santa, X-Men 2, School of Rock, uh, Matrix Reloaded. And this one movie that I f had completely forgotten about until I saw it on the list and I remember f hating was Elephant. I hated it. I fucking hated it. And what I love is that um, at the same theater, it's called the Duke of York in Brighton. If you're ever in Brighton, check it, check it out. It's an amazing uh, little uh, movie theater. Uh, but um, I saw Dogville there as well, which is the Nicole Kidman, basically a play yeah. movie. Lars von Trier. Um, and I'm, Trier, that's who made it, yeah. And I loved Dogville. I thought it was incredible. I ended up seeing it three times oh, wow. in four days because three separate groups of friends wanted to see it. 
and I just kept going. I'm, uh, I'm, I wasn't expecting that uh, based on what you said on elephants. So cool. One more thing that uh, that plants us in 2003. Hey, uh, by Outcast. Song of the fucking year, man. 100% ruled the world. I, I actually like to, to give some context to I felt uh, about that song and about uh, Speaker Box Love Below album that it was on. Um, I was like, these guys are going to be the next Beatles. Like, I really, truly wow. thought that Outcast would become like this movement uh, just because mm. that song was one of the best pop songs like uh, of the of the new millennium so far right oh definitely i mean yeah we were only three years in it was one of the best so- pop songs of our lifetime yeah i think the only time i ever danced that year was probably to that song that sounds right you couldn't not it was too enjoyable Every- and, and everybody remember- loved it everybody yeah yeah there were no naysayers it was our thriller yeah it was just like you couldn't you couldn't get away from it and you were fine with that like i remember um them playing it at the MTV Video Music Awards that year. And as Andre 3000 approached the stage, he was like, all right, y'all, for the millionth time. <laughs> and then he started a song. Even he was like, aren't you sick of this yet? And we're yeah. like, never. Yeah. So that was a, so that, that places us. That's 2003. That's what was going on. Yep. Um, so everyone, everyone should be, should be back in it. Um, should we do, should we do notable exceptions? Now? Absolutely. Cool. I think Hey Ya brings us into that. What have uh, What have you got? I mean, again, a lot of these wouldn't fit on the compilation. Some of them might have if uh, somebody had been interesting or creative enough on <laughs> the Big Shiny Tunes committee. But um, yeah, Hey Ya, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, I was really into a lot of the songs, not the album as a whole, weirdly enough, but a lot of songs off uh, You Forgot it In People by Broken Social Scene. So like Casey Accidental, yeah. that was my jam yeah. on that record. Yeah, that's that's on my that's on my list as well. I couldn't believe they didn't make it, especially with Canadian content. Like, yeah. Um, what a great band to have been on. I kind of get started getting into a bit more like electronic-y uh, weirdness that year too. Um, there's a Another Canadian uh, project, Manitoba, who now goes by Caribou. Oh, yeah. Uh, had this album called Up in Flames that I listened to a lot. Beautiful, psychedelic, instrumental pop record that kind of weirdly sounds 60s in a lot of ways. Um, uh, I actually, I really got into um, Dizzy Rascal, Boy in the Corner. Obviously, yeah, man. much music would never put Dizzy on their compilation. Um, no. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I want to go on the record uh, saying I was in the group that liked The Rapture before it was cool to like them this year. Um, that's how much of a music snob I was. But uh, House of Jealous Lovers, too. That could have been a really fucking sick song to put on uh, this one. So, Oh, and also nice. uh, I was into this band called Exploding Hearts from Portland who uh, were kind of like um, like a buzzcocksy version of... Um, Okay. Of of like the sort of revival white stripes kind of stuff going on. They're more punk and from Portland, mm. and they all died in a car crash in two thousand four, which is quite upsetting. But oh, I, I listened to no. I listened to the shit out of the, that album, Guitar Romantic. But um, mm. uh, and I, I do think things off uh, what I mentioned before could have f- fit comfortably, um, perhaps on a alternate reality Big Shiny Tunes. But uh, yeah, how about you? No. I had yeah I had um uh broken social scene for sure any number of songs off you you forgot it and people mm-hmm. absolutely belonged on this um I I also because I couldn't um I couldn't remember necessarily the songs off the albums but I remember the bands and um the vibe that they had so there's I've got like quite a few actually it was a weirdly good year for rock music yeah um get your hands off my woman by the darkness how is that not on there <laughs> yeah I mean that was so fun and so big. <laughs> And so silly and really stood alone. Definitely could have taken the spot the salads had. Uh, uh, That's sacrilege. No. <laughs> um, uh, anything from Room on Fire by the Strokes. 
something off Hail to the Thief. Uh, which, you know, again, Radiohead missed it, which is crazy. Something off Elephant. White Stripes released Elephant that year. Yeah, but not something from the movie Elephant. <laughs> not some, nothing from the movie Elephant. We only get one good elephant a year, and the White Stripes <laughs> claimed it. Um, there was a, a Montreal band called The Stills that I really liked, uh, and they released an album called Logical Break Your Heart. Um, I thought they could have had something. Kings of Leon released... A, their first major album, but the one that I like the most, which is uh, Holy Roller Novocaine, which is a five-song EP that they made when they were still sort of like Southern rock stuff. And they have a track called Molly's Chamber off that that I think would have absolutely fit in this. You could have put it right after Sam Roberts. I can't forgive them for Sex on Fire. I'm sorry. Uh, Fair enough. But their early stuff is so different. It sounds like a completely different band. It's like a Southern revival music. It was great. Um, Was there anything else? Something by The Distillers? Because uh, they released Coral Fang that year. They had a couple big tracks. Okay. Fever to Tell. The the fact that the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs aren't on this is a fucking travesty. That Fever to Tell is one of my favorite rock albums, um, period. Well, there's only, there's only if you remember, uh, there's only one spot allowed uh, every so often for a woman. So um, they had to give it to... Oh, yeah, and Fifi yeah. Dobson got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, I mean, if I, you know, if I had to choose between Fifi Dobson and Karen O... I think I know which fucking way I'm going. Um. So. Right. So. Uh. What. What did the uh, musical landscape look like in? Should we start with Canada at this time? Should we? No. Yeah, we can do that. Okay. Uh. Well, let's. No. Let's. Let's do it. Let's start with the states, and then. Okay. And then from Canada, we'll go into the the thing. So number one, you couldn't. You couldn't ignore this song. This deserves to be number one. It was into club by Fifty Cent. Uh. Huge song. Whether you liked it or not, it was fucking everywhere. Yeah. Um. Ignition by R. Kelly, uh, recently deceased R. Kelly. He's not dead, but he's dead to us. Um, and that's a fucking gem. And that's that's one of those songs that I'm really gutted that I can't enjoy anymore because I really, really love the remix to Ignition. I have the same thing with um, a song that he calls Feeling on Your Booty. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Feeling on Your Booty. Who's got that Who's got that in their stand-up? Doesn't matter. Yep. Um, Get Busy by Sean Paul. Uh, remember Sean Paul? Remember when he was the biggest goddamn thing going? Oh, I sure do. Uh, Crazy in Love, Beyonce and Jay Z. Uh, when and then and then it takes a weird turn. Mm. Uh, uh, when I'm Gone by Three Doors Down. Uh, weird is not the word I would use. I would say abysmal. <laughs> <laughs> then um, Unwell by Matchbox Twenty. Uh, right There by Chingy. Oh, I remember that, dude. That was the start of the South. Um, uh, well, not the start of the South, but the start of pe- people paying attention to the South. Yep. Uh, Miss You by uh, Leah, uh, uh, incredibly talented uh, woman taken from us too soon. Uh, Picture by Kid Rock and Cheryl Crow. And Bring Me to Life by Evanescence featuring Paul McCoy. That is such a... Um, oh, and I just want to just yep. honorable mention, number 11, Get Low by Lil Jon uh, featuring the Ying Yang Twins. But uh, uh, but what a, what a weird culture war going on in the States. Yeah, that, that's a real Bush era. Uh, top 10 yeah oh absolutely yeah. yeah it was it was uh, america was of two camps yeah. um it was a crazy time to be alive okay so the canadian one because nobody pays attention to canada or catalogs anything except us we, except us uh there's no uh billboard top 100 uh for this so i'm just gonna read out what were the number one songs throughout the year there's there's actually there's not that many because a few really took over in the back end oh wow um so the first week was i'm gonna get you good by shania twain uh, second week was Jenny from the Block by Jennifer Lopez featuring Jada Kiss and Styles P. Um, the third week was Die Another Day uh, by Madonna, oh, which was the theme song to the James Bond song. What a terrible was song Was she that in the was. movie too? 
Yeah, she played a fencing instructor. <laughs> wow. Okay. Then it was um then Jenny from the block makes another return. Um and she's she's at the top for a month. Then this this one blew my mind. I'd completely forgotten about this. The ketchup song by Lost Ketchup. What what's going on? <laughs> Dude, do you not remember the ketchup song by Lost Ketchup? No. What's that song? <laughs> it's atrocious. It's like the um remember when the happy hamster dance was on the radio all the time? The the kiddo-dee-da-dee-da-do-do song. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It reminds me of that. I don't know why this is a song. I don't know why everyone loves it so much. Yeah, we've got to play a little bit of the ketchup song because it's just insane. Um then for one week, Beautiful by Christina Aguilera. Uh then uh for a month and a half, I drove all night by Celine Dion. <laughs> Uh, for a couple weeks, American Life by Madonna. For a month and a half, Into Club by 50 Cent. Uh, then weirdly, out of nowhere, There There by Radiohead pops up for two weeks. Not, not to be confused with Chingy, right there. <laughs> yeah, not right there. There, there. Very uh, uh, different pronunciation. Um, and then, I mean, I don't remember this at all. A uh, medley of Bridge Over Troubled Water and This Is The Night by Clay Aiken. This was like a 9-11 healing the heart of the nation song, right? Two years too late. But they were still writing them. They're like, well, oh my God, wow, that sounds horrendous. And that was from June 28th yeah. to September 20th. <laughs> That's a f- almost a four-month swing. That's like a three-full-month swing. That's crazy. Are we forgetting something there. that happened in Canada around this time? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I think, oh, I think this is the year that he won America's Got Talent or whatever it was called at the at the time. Pop star, pop idol. Um, wow. Uh, but yeah, they, they just, whatever it was, they fucking love Clay Aiken. Then for a month, we got Someday by Nickelback. And then for the rest of the year, from October 18th onward, a song called Something More by Ryan Malcolm. I don't remember that song at all. I have zero memories of Ryan Malcolm or that tune. Wait, isn't, what was the name of that Jay Englishman song? something more oh jesus i don't know jay englishman has already left my brain i he's gone i got nothing <laughs> you are a luckier man than i <laughs> i basically forgot him while i was listening to him it was it was amazing well speaking about music that will never be forgotten uh <laughs> how did you feel about this album on whole because i was surprised at how much less i hated it than i thought i was going to so basically i didn't experience listening to this where i uh, for the last week, I've just been having, <laughs> and I want any listeners who care about me to not worry too much, but I've been having, uh, what I can only describe as flashbacks, um, from, uh, experiences I had with Salvia. Oh, and this album f- fucked with my head a little bit. Um, but I also laughed, which is, uh, a common, um, experience on Salvia, but, uh, yeah, I, I, gave zero shits about any of these songs when they came out at the time. So it was a pretty uh, staggering experience and especially watching the music videos too. Um, yeah, there's a lot of weirdness on this album I, I found. Um, so which actually made it less of a dreadful experience to listen to uh, compared to number seven. But there there are definite moments of dread on this comp. But yeah. Oh, <laughs> how about you? Yeah, there's some real there's there's some real down downers on this, but um, but there's also like yeah, it feels like a, it was a more varied album than the one before. I was surprised at how many of the songs I was familiar with, and I think that was partly because of the few months that I spent working at the Safeway. So I was still seeing my back home friends. Yeah, I was back in my old room. I was listening to the Fox again, and so this is I think this is the last album where I'll have a connection to the songs at all. Okay. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, again, it was there was some there were some songs where I was like, this is this is fine. Uh, some songs where I was like, this is music that I don't like, but it's done very well, and so I kind of respect the people that did it. Um, and then there were some songs that I was outright furious. So it was just a big shiny tunes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we start with right, the so first song? Let's do it. Track one. Mm-hmm. Really giving it the old big shiny tunes vibes. Yeah. Uh, Somewhere I Belong by Linkin Park. Jordan, you had pretty strong feelings about Linkin Park last time. Have they lived up to your your expectations? They've lived up to my expectations of them as a very distinct brand. That's a very polite way of putting it. Well, this song is like even nerdier than One Step Closer in a lot of ways, especially the video. Mm. I, I don't know what's going on in that video. They're like stuck in some kind of weird toy world uh, occasionally. And then there's a bunch of... Yeah, a lot of Voltron. It's it's definitely on brand for Linkin Park, tapping into those teenage, I'm mad at mom and dad vibes. Um, mm-hmm. But did it make me feel anything other than uh, perhaps just... Uh, low-level boredom nope you know i was just thinking like what what else is there to say about lincoln park that hasn't been said the only the only thought that i kind of had um while i was listening to it is i i um i had this image of something um i'll from now on be calling the great unnamed sadness (laughs) okay uh or gus uh, and I think I think it will be the subject of a thousand PhD papers and think pieces in about twenty years. It really is this kind of thing of why are you sad? It doesn't seem to be because of what you're singing about. It just seems to be in your bones. So this is the. I mean, what was it? Was it five or six? Sad boy parade. Yeah. And this is just more of that. It's just this great unknown sadness that lives in the bones of these musicians and that's why like the only part of this music video that i remembered i didn't remember any of the voltron stuff but i remembered the guy not chester the other guy mike shinoda is his name uh rapping in front of a waterfall in front of a dark waterfall like he's in a tea party music video oh yeah i I got there was Uh, definite tea party vibes throughout this song with like some serpent imagery and just being in some kind of cave occasionally yeah but also in like a childhood bedroom it was very strange it's very strange video well and this is like a theme that uh shows up a few times on this album where some bands are almost taking over it's like a uh updated 2.0 version of um a 95 big shiny tunes uh but um yeah i it, it felt like a suitable song to start with it's almost like big shiny tunes being like well uh just to kind of uh pick up at a familiar place that you might be uh, remembering mm. from previous compilations uh right so yeah it's like at the beginning of a musical where they played the theme yeah <laughs> and it and it's just got all of the musical notes that, that will be in future songs that's absolutely go, correct yeah <laughs> this is what you're in for uh continuing that trend uh like lazarus coming back from the dead we got jane's addiction just because um my first feeling about this uh and watching the video of them reunite was like you don't get to ride out the last shitty six years and then come back like everything's okay <laughs> you know i perry farrell can do whatever he wants but that that was my first feeling like because because then as i started listening to the song i'm like actually you know what the song isn't half bad uh i can see yep. this easily being a u2 song <laughs> there's something a bit yeah. dad rocky about it um and i i seems like the aesthetic they're going for in this music video is a kind of like glammy or playing inside a rotating disco ball for some reason. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, I loved it. I was like, I mean, Jane's Addiction is one of those bands that it's a very rare thing for me, but it's one of those bands that I never 
totally warmed to. Yeah. But I always felt like I was wrong. Uh, and I rarely get that. They're the anti-goo-goo dolls. It's, I'm just like, where I'm just like, listen, they're clearly good. Perry Farrell's very talented. They're doing something special. It just doesn't really speak to me. I even bought this album, Strays. Yeah. Um, and I had the one before that's got been caught stealing on it that's got like the Latin name or something. Uh, do you remember what that uh, one's called? Rich, ritual. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, um, totally. I, I feel like the person uh, responsible for the track listing of Big Shiny Tunes 8 um, gave Jane's Addiction their money for their appearance and was like, get on out of here. You're classing the place up too much. Yeah, 100%. Because it was like, it was also, it was so refreshing to hear, especially off the back of Lincoln Park. Mm-hmm. Because after listening to just the same shitty rock for the last like three albums, yeah. to be like, oh, it's a spectacle again. <laughs> yeah. These guys want to put on a show. It's big. It's fun. Dave Navarro's in there and you can tell. Looks like he hasn't aged a day um, despite doing things to his body that should have aged him 20. <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. I bet he still looks the same right now. I, I And I liked the music video because it was simple. And a lot of the bands do this on this compilation where it's, you know, some, every now and then something's in the water music video wise, where a lot of them have, they really rely on it's just the band playing in the video. Mm-hmm. But what these guys did with the simple, it's the light show. So it's a big rock spectacle kind of concert kind of vibe. Um, but so much of it relies on the charisma of Perry Farrell and Dave Navarro and Absolutely. It's one of the only ones I actually watched the whole way through. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, don't worry, listeners. If you're coming here for um, some really uh, fucked up interpretations of uh, this compilation's music videos, I got you covered. <laughs> it was still more interesting than some of the high-budget music videos that are on here. And that's that's the power of a, a charismatic leader. Like It's like they're kind of owning their age in a weird way. They're like, well, we can still rock in, in a tasteful way. Yeah. And it didn't have the sadness of Velvet Revolver. <laughs> It still felt fun. Yeah. That's a tough thing to pull off. Perry Farrell's a magical man. If, I, if this was my first Big Shiny Tunes experience, uh, it's kind of off to a weird start so far, I'd say. Yeah, you're on balance. Yeah. You don't know where it's going. But where is it going? Um, uh, not in a good direction. Um, next song is Girls Not Grey by AFI, the band with the most inexplicably rabid fan base. Foaming at the mouth, going to bite you if you say a bad thing about them, right? Absolutely, one hundred percent. If they were if if they were a band right now, they would have like a a, a K pop esque Twitter following that they could mobilize. They were so big, and they their fans adored them. And I don't understand it. I think this is truly terrible. Yeah, I mean, I can kind of appreciate that the song's at least trying to be more melodic than some of the stuff on here. But um, I just think that this guy looks like Danzig's bastard son, and it's just another video where a band is playing in a claustrophobic room with a bunch of. Uh, bullshit happening around them that doesn't make any sense <laughs> first of all i don't know if this was on the actual big shiny tunes version or just the one or just the album version it starts with a cheer okay and i hate that let me decide <laughs> let me decide if i like this song don't laugh track me into enjoying a goddamn song all right this is bullshit it's good or it isn't what does afi stand for do we know that i think my guess is it stands for a fucking insult <laughs> um any fucking ink Judging by the tattoos that he's got, <laughs> can't anything. Ugh. All right, let's uh, let's move on to the next song. Already, which I think was probably your favorite song on the whole album, "Dosed" by Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> no, you are incorrect, sir. What? But your love of the Red Hot Chili Peppers is so well documented. <laughs> this is another song that somebody writes when they're glad they didn't die of drug use. At the time, I remember when this song came out, and I did love this song when it came out. 
I totally get why I loved it. It's still got that. It's got that Frusciante guitar that I I adore. Yeah. Um, I like him harmonizing as well. I think it's very sweet when he sings. I I just I think I just like John Frusciante. I like sober John Frusciante. And it's it it is funny to see like Anthony Kiedis going from party guy to sweet guy. This is it's complete now. Californication was the 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 evolution. Yeah. And now he's just a sweet boy. Um, and it's from Dost, and you see it from the music video as well, which is just like a woman in sort of like the video version of Polaroid, um, walking around a beach, and she's near the ocean, and he's singing about how he lost her, and it reminds me of that part in so many action films where, like, especially John Wick's got that, um, mm. where on his phone he's got a video of his dead wife, and she's like laughing with him, and she's like, "What are you doing?" that's like his last memory of her before he had to kill everybody that's what this music video felt like to me (laughs) yeah i I, you know that patrice o'neill bit where he talks about how the song creeped by radiohead speaks to white people's souls yeah in a subcategory of that sentiment i feel like red hot chili pepper what i've noticed is that red hot chili peppers really speak to people from bc uh oh yeah it's almost like a scratch and sniff of beach vibe or something yeah there's a there's a there's a west coast connection there for sure i had this thought that like i think navarro was better for them musically Mm. but for shanti is better for them like his people oh well yeah and and uh, just even as a business strategy because less chance somebody's going to die in a hotel somewhere (laughs) yeah 100 percent. whereas like navarro brought out and you see it in the the you know with the jane's addiction you know what he brings out of that band his nipples (laughs) His nipples every single time. Forever the nipples. I mean, he spends a lot of time in the gym. Why hide it, I guess? <laughs> but the uh, but Frusciante just brings out this sweetness to the Red Hot Chili Peppers that you would never guess was in there from the sock on a penis days. Yeah. Well, you know, you can only shoot up and put that uh, sock on a cock so many times before you got to start looking inward. <laughs> That's true. Where's the sock of your soul? Um... <laughs> You have to think that the guy that does have the sock must have worried when he interviewed the Red Hot Chili Peppers. That must have been in the back of his head, like, I swear to God, if they put my fucking puppet on their dicks. <laughs> Let's go on to the next song, um, which is uh, Go With The Flow by Queens of the Stone Age. I'm so glad that this is on here because I was annoyed that there was no Queens of the Stone Age on the last one. I l- absolutely adored it when it came out. And I still like it now. I don't like it as much as I did. But it was the first song in the album where I actually turned up the volume. Mm. I thought that the video was super weird. <laughs> yep. Video was super weird because it's all it's all animated. And I remember thinking it was really cool and interesting at the time. So it might just seem dated now. Or maybe I just had terrible taste. But it's like the 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 face paint and the nature of like the speeding down the road towards each other. And then him playing guitar in the back of the truck really made me think that it might have been an early influence for the people that made Fury Road. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I definitely picked up on a kind of Mad Max vibe a little bit. Yeah. For sure. It's almost like Americana on drugs a little bit, like Hunter S. Thompson. Mm. I think like when you're younger, Hunter S. Thompson like seems really yeah. cool. But Yeah, Hunter S. Thompson is very much a, a, a something to read in your early 20s. Yeah, if you and if you miss the boat, it's too late. <laughs> It's too late. Yeah, you can't. If you if you find Hunter S. Thompson in your late thirties and it really speaks to you, then you've got a lot of <laughs> you work be to worried. do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always think of. Uh, uh, I mean, I didn't used to, but now I think of um, Hunter S. Thompson as a, a meaner, drunker Norman Mailer. I actually, you know what? It's funny because I remember at this uh, 
later this year, I think, um, I had some friends who were living in a house and they had a house party this one night. And this dude from my high school, uh, he was like a year ahead and he was like one of the big sort of acid heads who, um, him and this whole crew of people would go hang out at this place referred to as the gazebo. It's where like people got high and smoked pot, but he got into acid and like was, uh, obsessed with fear and loathing in Las Vegas, like the movie specifically. Oh yeah. And, um, and I remember him showing up to this house party, like on hits of acid and he was trying to like break into this room, uh, that I was in with, um, some other people and was specifically singling out this one girl that he was going to kill her. (laughs) So maybe Queens of the Stone Age, I think just give me a weird, um, that guy vibes. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. Fair (laughs) enough. Uh, all right. Well, onto onto a band that there is no way that you feel that strongly about. <laughs> you want to you want to cue this one up? <laughs> um, so this is uh, Asphodel Norwood Ontario Zone Three Days Grace with I Hate Everything About You, which um, I hate everything about this song. <laughs> Yay! They did it. <laughs> as soon as the song started, I was like, "This is the big shiny tunes I've come to know." Yes, absolutely. Canadian music videos are just so transparent uh, in what they're trying to achieve. Like, there's no art to this video, obviously, but the video shows various scenes of teenagers and some kind of overwrought drama. There's like an abusive father. There's a girl staring in a mirror with body image issues. There's some story of unrequited love. Um, there's also like weirdly a shot of like some teenagers singing along to the song in a truck, which I hate. Um, but, but then it has the band playing their song in like a desert or a valley and all these teenagers like from the dramatic scenes slowly show up to watch them. Like they're following (laughs) Moses in the fucking desert. And what infuriates me about that is like, like in the same way that Econoline Crush doesn't get to say they're famous, you don't get to say that you're the cool band who's a refuge for legions of broken teenagers teenagers choose those bands themselves not you you're not fucking it and yeah yeah, and just because your singer kind of looks like even mcgregor doesn't mean this song has anything worth (laughs) saying (laughs) i got one thing that i've got to give the music videos because this is another great unknown sadness song um is that at least in this music video they go like it's because of this and this and this I'm like, you know what? You tried to name the sadness, and I appreciate your effort. That's more yeah. than anyone else has done so far. So his dad beats him. I get it. He would hate that guy. She hates herself. Okay, fair enough. This guy is clearly going to be an incel and murder everybody. Yeah. Okay. You know that guy watching the girl making out by the bleachers? So weird and wrong. And he's yeah. just staring at her. And we don't know that they've ever dated. We don't <laughs> no, know. Totally. They, they don't establish, like, we don't know that she's cheating on him. We think that he's just obsessed with her yeah. and follows her around and watches her make out with other dudes. This dude's a murderer. This this guy, <laughs> this is the guy, they captured the characters in Elephant better in 30 <laughs> seconds in that scene. They did that old goddamn movie. Some of these things are real problems that people go through, but you're really going for the shooting fish in a barrel tactic because this, mm. this sadness, which you're trying to define it is also part of the sadness itself is it defies description because it's just something mm. existential that's in people and, and life. Right. But, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I hated everything about this song. I, I feel like yeah. the song, uh, sucks. <laughs> yeah. By the way, if you, uh, find yourself listening to this song and, um, you know, if you, if you identified with it when you were a teenager in 2003 or whatever, then okay, whatever. 
Uh, but if you find yourself identifying with it now, that just means you need uh, therapy. It's a very simple fix. You just need to go to therapy. Everyone in this song needs to go to therapy. That whole band needs to go to therapy. That's all it is. Yeah, just address the Gus. Address the Gus. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so that is that is a oh yeah I have a note it's just like those people gathering in the field that's just those are just the listeners to, of Big Shiny Tunes yeah yeah that's, that's who shows or or who Big Shiny who Big Shiny Tunes thinks is listening to this album yeah I'm I'm sorry guys uh, Three Doors Down said they had enough of our compilation but I found another band called Three yeah. Doors Three Days Grace <laughs> yeah good enough and we only needed to book them three days ahead of time. <laughs> And Turns out they're true to their word. Th- three days grace. That's the um, uh, amount of time you should give uh, this band before throwing their CD in the garbage. Yeah. <laughs> On to the next one. Okay. Next one is the Hell Song by Sum 41. Now, when we last left Sum 41, mm-hmm. um, they were uh, beginning a decline in spirits. Yes. They, had, they were no longer the fun boys that we had known. They were now the depressed, famous boys that we were about to get to know. And this song is very strange because it's got like like fun, young, Sum 41 energy, but sad Sum 41 lyrics. Yeah. So it was like, can you guys just pretend to be who you used to be? And they're like, all right, but not in the words. And they said, no one cares about the words. You go to town. <laughs> but there's something just wrong uh, pervading this compilation on, on a sort of basic reality level in which the gob song that's on this compilation is more fun than the sum 41 song and they're like 10 years older than sum 41 agree to disagree well we'll get to that but um yeah it was triggering all my my uh all my different salvia flashbacks <laughs> um the first thing that's really weird to me about this song is that the verse totally rips off how you remind me by nickelback uh Really? I can't believe you didn't hear that right away. That was like the first thing no. that went through my head. Like a complete and utter uh, melodic ripoff. Like, never made it as a wise man. Never made it. But in the video, the other salvia quality is that all the, basically it's like a low budget music video where they have figurines of different popular um, musicians mm. of the time. But uh, if, if you've ever pictured yourself as nothing but a wax figurine, you may have done salvia. Mm. <laughs> Okay. This is, listening to this song was a very interesting thing because I, I feel like this is perfectly functional pop punk. I don't think there's anything special about this song, but I think it does all the things that a pop punk song needs to do. But it already feels like a throwback. Mm, yeah. Even in 2003, it, feel, it feels dated. Like this, it's over, man. Yeah. This wave is, has crested and it's time to walk away. And there's, there's, that happens again later on in the this, in this same album. But it's, um, it's funny to think, I'd never really considered how short... Um, the lifespan of pop punk was, but you can already feel that this is this is the end of it. Absolutely. <laughs> next song. This next song is "Swing Swing" by All American Rejects. Um, Boo. I, I'm I'm yeah I'm a little bit worried about my brain because uh, this was another salvia flashback moment for me. Oh but my God, I can't I can't believe these guys brought back drug flashbacks. Okay. These are the least drug people for listeners who don't know about salvia it's one of the strongest psychoactive plants that Mm. exists to human beings on earth back in the early 2000s it hadn't been uh criminalized in canada so you could just walk into a head shop uh, in montreal as a 19 year old for example Mm -hmm. um and just buy it 
uh, high dose salvia experiences are like an ontological deconstruction where you feel like you're like a lot of people feel like their whole life is this fabricated reality and often mm. that there's like some higher dimensional entity that's openly mocking them. Um, other people will sometimes feel like they've turned into an inanimate object, uh, or see their existence as a two dimensional plane where every moment of a frame in a film reel stretches out into eternity. Um, my experience wow. turned me into a mosquito in a field during the Triassic age, but sorry, how do you feel about this song? <laughs> um, is that how you feel about this song? That's how I feel about this video. <laughs> wow. That's, I mean, I'm curious as to how and why. I'll get my stupid thoughts out of the way and then we'll get back into that. Um, this this song's terrible. I hate this band. Um, when the guitar kicked in, I said out loud, oh, I hate this. Um, they have real flavor of the week vibes. Mm-hmm. American hi-fi, all American rejects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amer- yeah. And, but like if it was sung by a Weezer cover band. <laughs> like it's just terrible. Um, and uh, similar uh, similar vibe music video-wise to um, the Red Hot Chili Peppers thing where it's like a, um, a, 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 a seep, not quite sepia tone, but like whatever the, you'd call the home videos from the 50s of a relationship. Uh, but instead of like the Red Hot Chili Peppers had the decency to not be in their music video. Right. Uh, whereas these guys are all over it and it just goes like, oh, here's a tough relationship with a regular schlub guy. Here's this insanely handsome band playing in their millionaire dad's garage. Yeah. Oh, back to schlub guy. It's just bad. It's terrible. Absolutely. Uh, it's everything that I hate about music. Um, I really hate this band. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, they're well deserving of your hatred uh, like anything. Uh, on here, um, 2003 me would have hated the song as well. But uh, mm. so this is where the um, Salvia flashback really kicks in with this video, because my look in 2003, the guys in this video had my style down to a T. Wow. Literally, I'm pretty sure I owned one of the T-shirts they're wearing in this video. No way. Right. So the lyrics of this song and like, as you mentioned, uh, the narrative in the video is just like some unrequited love high school thing which was also mm. my experience in this year. But what is really fucked up uh, to me is the layering of realities that are in this music video because you're, you're seeing this teenage boy and girl do teenage boy and girl things, and it keeps be- cutting between the reality of the music video reality, but then their reality as characters in a music video, since their characters mm. are filming like with a camera in it, right? Mm. Um, like as a kind of home video thing. But they don't realize yeah. that their actual reality is being characters in a music video for a song made by a band <laughs> that also exists in the music video reality. <laughs> if those characters smoked Salvia, they would realize they were mm. characters in a music video. That is the experience of yeah. Salvia. But um, So yeah, this was uh, one of uh, a few intense triggerings of uh, the flashbacks that happened. Um, so I'm starting to get freaked out a little bit. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> here to uh, sort of uh, calm you down a little bit before you fucking get sucked into a black yeah, hole of your mind is good old Sam Roberts. Where have all the good people gone? <laughs> He's exactly who you want next to you when you're freaking out on drugs. He's just like, hey, man, it's yes, cool. Don't totally. worry about it. Everything's fine. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, this feels like a, a weird choice, though, in the context of this comp, because it feels like someone within Much Music still knows what a good meat and potato song is on some level. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I like to think that whoever programmed it uh, thinks that Sam Roberts is singing about everyone else singing on this album. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> yep, I had that thought too. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta say that uh, uh, before before we get right into Sam Roberts, yeah. is um, if 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 someone had told me that on the uh, the episode for Big Shiny Tunes Eight, the most used word on the episode would be salvia, I would not have believed them. <laughs> There's no way that I would have believed them. <laughs> this is this this is not a salvia album to me. This is a, a bad Coke brought from someone's older brother album. Um, Chris, have you ever done but, salvia? No, but I've never done coke either. So you know what the fuck am I talking about? Well, listeners who are coping with uh, listening to this episode because of the songs uh, triggering their experiences too, all I have to say to you is, <laughs> "Where have all the good people gone?" Sam Roberts, which is something that John asked himself multiple times while on salvia. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I loved it. I loved it again. Sam Roberts is just to feel good to me. I don't care. I think it's just fun. It, it's a, when I when I call him a meat and potatoes thing. It's interesting because when I heard this the first time, my reaction was just kind of like meh. But then when I listened to it again, I was like, yeah, yeah, right. Sam Roberts is sort of like CCR in the sense that like his mm. songs are rocking on a level that feels like it will never be dated. It's like a sharp black suit. Yeah, like hell. Even the style of the band uh at this time they look like 90 percent of all 30 something white dudes in montreal still to this day <laughs> like yeah yeah um, i mean to be fair montreal is very much caught in a time loop but <laughs> <laughs> i appreciated it there but it, it definitely felt like the exception <laughs> not the norm i mean yeah I, I really enjoyed it in the same way that i enjoyed brother down i just like sam roberts um i got the i i, I do get the vibe and i think it was me thinking about what you said about him last time and i got this especially from the lyrics that he chooses because he goes sort of like big philosophical again but also kind of punchliney mm-hmm. um he feels like a guy who's stuck between he's like an artsy jock and hasn't found his crowd and so he's sort of lashing out with images mm. <laughs> like it was it, it doesn't it none of his music feels like a guy who's comfortable um or in a good place but it's i like it it's very fun uh, the music video was interesting to me because it's the same vibe yeah. as the Jane's Addiction one. The flashing lights, it's just live. Um, they cut it differently, so they chopped it all up into different things. Yeah, yeah. But to me, it spoke to the strength of charisma of Perry Farrell and Dave Navarro that they really held that down. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I was watching Sam Roberts' music video, it reminded me of that story you were telling about when Alex saw him live. Yeah, and yeah. he was just faking yeah, it. Yeah, of course. Uh, everybody having a good time. Yeah. I was just watching him in the video. I was like, he doesn't want to be here at all. This is very forced <laughs> and is bumming me out. That Yeah, all, all that sounds right. Um, and I'm definitely not going to include this song as another example of how my Salvia flashbacks were getting triggered. But that said, the part of this music video where the video somehow zooms out of itself and starts moving through frames like a film spool definitely was not helping with that feeling. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I can see that. Yeah. All right. Um, and from here on in, the album is terrible. I slightly uh, disagree, but mostly agreed. Mostly agreed. Yeah. Yeah. There isn't. Um, there isn't a single song left that I approve of. Interesting. Um, yeah. I don't like the rest of this album. So that's just how I feel. I wanted to get it out there. Thank you. Thank you for your candor on that. Yeah, when I doubled back, I drew a line and just said, "Here, here we go. That's the end of uh, that's the end of it for me. This is a wrap. I have thoughts, I have notes, I have things to say, but they all basically boil down to I hate this song." Um, so, beginning with "Addicted" by Simple Plan, another Montreal band, but instead these guys best represent the fashion of Franco Montreal in the early two thousands. Oh yeah, 
this is another band that um, that I had heard, and actually you might know better than me. Um, I had heard used to be kind of good, and then someone was like, "If you make pop punk, we will give you a lot more money." And they went, "All right," and they did that. I don't know who this person is. I don't trust this source because I okay. find uh, that really hard to believe based on this song existing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is there a more punchable lead singer? <laughs> Um, good question. That's a very good question. Uh, I really don't like the song. I find there to be something really creepy about it. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. But it's like, it's rare that I get this feeling anymore, but I really wanted to bully the singer in this band. <laughs> like looking at him, I wanted to hurt his feelings. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he, uh, uh, would care. Um, because like, he's probably he would when I was done with him. <laughs> That's for sure. That's the whole point of bullying. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, the I mean, yeah, bullshit song, bullshit lyrics, everything horrible. The only thing I got uh, was from this music video, uh, and it ties into a segment that I've uh, brought up on this show, which is called A Big Shiny, Shiny Tunes, Tunes Conspiracy. Conspiracy. Nice. It's been a while. So you ready for this one? I'm ready. My theory is that Simple Plan exists as a psyop to remind us that 9-11 was an inside job. Why? Because in this video, they are playing inside a skyscraper. <laughs> They're playing inside yeah. a skyscraper that they are destroying from within. And mm. if you replace the word you with oil in the courses, I think the message becomes a lot clearer. <laughs> addicted to oil. I'm addicted to oil. Yeah. Wow. There was, there was one thing that I noticed musically about this, which I've, I've never said about Simple Plan before, is that it almost had, it reminded me of like 50s rock. Like it's like if they put, if they put pop punk through an, a, an Instagram filter of like Buddy Holly style right. stuff. Did you get that off this or am I way off? Uh, it's kind of weird because I, I got that more with that um, All American Reject song where I could conceive that the only way the song would be better as if it was sung by the archies <laughs> yeah, fair enough. but no i didn't get it with this one i i just got like a bunch of annoying keb dudes uh who hit on your underage sister or something yeah yeah yes absolutely that's the vibe yes <laughs> simple plan not invited for easter <laughs> interesting side um, note uh apparently one of the simple plan members has a kid um who went to a school that my um ex-girlfriend daughter went to uh and was part of a children's choir that appears on the holy data song the one percent weird yeah jeff stinko's uh daughter i think <laughs> sounds like uh, uh uh if we're having conspiracy theories it sounds like you were in on 9-11 now that's a weird <laughs> you gotta admit that's a weird overlap are you a psyop jordan be honest oh shit do the listeners start to think that big shiny tunes is a psyop we're all a psyop. Is Big Shiny Podcast a psyop? Am I yeah. a psyop? <laughs> You're a psyop. <laughs> so you're a plant put here to psyop me. This is bullshit. Might as well face it. You're addicted to oil. Jordan pointed out something that um, I, I hadn't realized, but I'm while we're recording this, we're on Zoom, and um, I've got a green screen of the chum building up just because I thought it would be funny uh, to be standing outside on the corner of Queen and John where much music uh lives and uh, uh jordan pointed out he's like yeah the, the salvia flashbacks are not being helped by you <laughs> sitting in front of a green screen in front of much music definitely not <laughs> and i'm currently blowing jordan's mind let me tell you something one thing that did not blow my mind is the next song 
Uh, <sighs> Dude, why you got to shit on this band all the time like you got some sort of point to prove? Oh, he did it. Yeah. Another Canadian band, Theory of a Dead Man with Point to Prove. <sighs> Jesus Christ. So terrible. The song only proves one thing. And, and that point is that the song is bad vibes. <laughs> It's bad vibes. This is the moment Theory of a Dead Man went from being a Nickelback knockoff to being a puddle of mud knockoff, and that is not a good direction to head in. Um, what is with the first line of this song, the country's gone to hell, but believe me, I didn't do it? I know. Like, what is he saying that he was responsible for 9-11? He's a psyop. <laughs> and like when he says, just when you think you found a friend, that's when they call you stupid. Who is the they in that sentence? Who is this friend, yeah. man? Who, what are you, what great unknown sadness led to this moment? It's rock for people who don't like rock and country for people who don't like country, to paraphrase Lester Bangs in the movie Almost Famous. Or paraphrase him in his writing. Or, oh my God, Lester Bangs was in a movie, but he was played by Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just hated it, like to the point where when I when I watched the music video, this is the only song that I almost just skipped because I was like, I get it. Um, it does the quiet, loud thing that I hated about the last album. Um, the uh, when I was watching the video and I didn't watch the whole video, um, I just skipped around to see if anything really changed in it, and it didn't for the most part. But um, um, I just couldn't get over how weird his face is. Uh, he's got he's because he's got like he's I guess he's like a symmetrical guy or whatever. But his skin has this thing that Common has as well. You know the rapper Common? Okay. I mean, where it just looks yeah. like it was grafted on. It looks like he's an ex burn victim <laughs> and it's too smooth. No one's face looks like that and it freaks me out and I don't like it. F fake faces is another uh, Salvia touchstone. Jesus. Yeah, fair enough. These are, I mean, I, now I'm starting to get it. Now I'm understanding how this came to be. This is how much I hate the song is that it doesn't even deserve more said about it. I was thinking about that today. That's the cruelest thing we can do is just move yeah. on. So let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So uh, you already sort of spilled the beans, um, which I, I kind of find it interesting because this next song, Fifi Dobson, Bye Bye Boyfriend, mm. I think this might be the only legitimate fun song on here. Um, really? Yeah. That like the, is interesting. There's something about the Celine Dion power ballad verses coupled with mm. the chorus and creative production that in my ears in my eyes makes this the best song on the compilation in a lot of ways and oh wow and also hilariously to me makes that theory of a dead man song that preceded it seem even more pathetic <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know I, I love that it's from the perspective of the person who breaks up with the dude yeah and it really makes every single broken up dude song that oversaturates this series seem even more ridiculous because most of them just sound like dumb losers compared to this song yeah that so. is i mean that is true in the same way that uh Sam Roberts was flailing for good people on this album. Fifi Dobson's just dumping them all individually. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just something that I heard differently in context of the compilation. And it's just, it is sort of a throwaway mm. pop song on some level, but I can't really hate on it. I liked the shifts in it because it's basically three different songs. Yeah. Um, which I thought was kind of like cool in theory, but it just didn't hit for me. It was like, I didn't, I found myself not caring about any of the songs um, and then when I watched the music video, I didn't care about that either. So I was just like, this is, uh, you know, I'm glad that, that she got a shot. And you know, what actually kind of bummed me out is I feel like vocally, she seems like she's capable of so much more than she does in this song. Whereas yeah. like, like the theory of a dead man guy, that's all he's got. 
but she every now and then she sort of did a thing with her voice and i was like you can really sing and we're not allowed to hear that for whether it's what you write or what your band makes um yeah and that was a shame so i left it feeling more of like that's kind of a waste than like actively hating it but i didn't like it I mean, I checked out some of her other songs after this, and she's definitely a pop musician. Uh, so, it's, mm. I mean, I love pop. It's fun. Um, yeah, and it's great. My, my, my theory actually would just be that um, the theory of a dead man song is so horrible that it would be like going to somebody's birthday party after, the day after 9-11. Like, you can't really get into it because <laughs> it was just fair. such a weird, shitty time before. So Okay. Um, so this next song is the first Nickelback song that I've never heard before that we put on this compilation. I mean, I felt like this was us marking the beginning of Chad Kroger's Coke phase. Uh, <laughs> it, it really felt like every other Nickelback song at two times the speed um uh so i'm gonna i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that you hated it you are wrong what (laughs) i surprise myself sometimes i mean what i found is that i kind of wished that the queens of the stone age song that was on here was Mm. this song in a sense because wow even my hatred of this band uh i have to admit that this song achieves uh, absolutely what I applauded the vines for doing on the previous album, which is it's two minutes long. Um, yeah. and it actually delivers the dumb rock. Um, mm. and you know, even despite its worry, worrisome relationship to alcohol, uh, it still gives me the idea that doing sh- six shots in a row spanning the two minutes of the song would be a good idea because it would be dumb fun. <laughs> Um, like, like, like honestly the fantasy I, I got in my brain as soon as this song started playing was this boom song starts eight shots of Jaeger all in a row, a loud fuck. Mm. Yeah. Before breaking open a slot machine in the bar with my bare fists, swallow a handful of coins that come out, run up and kiss Daryl, the bartender right on the mouth, get punched really hard in the ear by him before puking up all the Jaeger on the tiles of the bar. Boom. Song ends. Wow. Wow. I just pictured, um, in walk hard, the Dewey Cox story. (laughs) Where he invents punk music and all of his bands, all of his, he's just yelling, faster, faster. <laughs> and his bands are like, Dewey, what are we doing? Come on. A hundred percent, a hundred percent Chad Kroger. This was the longest it ever took him to write a song. Even though the song's two minutes, he had to keep uh, taking breaks to do more coke. Yeah, yeah. He had uh, uh, just bumps and he was like, he's not confident enough to do, just do it in front of people yet. So he just still sneaks off to do bumps and thinks no one knows. Uh, I, I am starting to worry about my brain now because I just admitted to liking this song uh, in the context of the compilation. Salvia is a hell of a drug. Two minutes long, <laughs> delivering the rock. That's more than Queens of the Stone Age did. And I wanted to like the Queens of the Stone Age song more, but what can you yeah. do? Hey, I'm lo- I'm loving your honesty, man. A lot of people would have just gone with the flow, you know. Yeah, and uh, and said Queens of the Stone Age over Nickelback, but you, you're a brave boy. <laughs> uh, who gives a shit about this song? Do you care? This is trapped with headstrong. Definitely a contender for one of the worst songs here. Um, oh yeah. Instead of me trying to say something original about the song's terribleness, I thought it would. Uh, be a good opportunity for me to unveil a new character I created. Yes, yes, please. Um, so this character, uh, his name is uh, Bad Impression Werner Herzog. Oh wow, great! So I thought we'd bring him in to comment on the song. Is that now okay? Before before Jordan starts, I want the listeners to take a second and with me try to guess if this is the name is because it's Jordan doing a bad impression of Werner Herzog, 
Or if it's Jordan doing a very good impression of Werner Herzog, doing bad impressions of other people. Take a second. You decide for yourselves. Jordan. Okay, well, um, I'll, I'll introduce him. Uh, come up to the mic, bad impression, Werner Herzog. Thank you. Uh, so go ahead. Well, how did you feel about this song? I must say that this song and the music film accompanying it is all very abysmal to me. <laughs> this song is like the pained bleatings of a baboon that has resorted into eating its own feces for survival. Sadly, in order to be truly headstrong in the merciless world of the jungle, you must become a creature of resourceful creation. <laughs> Many visionaries and mystics have voyaged through the labyrinth of rivers and mysteries, seeking the ecstasy promised by its wonder of color and voices. But sadly, we must conclude that somewhere along this excursion, trapped got lost within and went insane by some illogical and murderous force that chose to hunt them for their lives. The putrefying aura of banality that trapped exemplify within their diuretic tonalities shares a likeness familiar to all those who find themselves at the mercy to the jungle's most ancient of cruelties. Oh, okay. Thanks. You, you are most welcome. <laughs> Thanks, bad impression, Werner Herzog. That was a uh, uh, bad impression, Werner Herzog, everybody. Yeah. Uh, we will welcome him back. Soon, I'm sure. I, I actually just sent me notice that he uh, is already retiring from the series permanently. So, bye. I guess. Uh, we'll see. I'm sure. I'm sure we can coax him out of retirement. <laughs> He's got a lot of strong feelings. I had. I had one thought on this song, yes. and it just says, "Hearing all these boring bands actually makes me appreciate the Tea Party." <laughs> oh Jesus, man! I mean, I thought Salvia did my head in, but uh, something's going on with you. I'm worried about you now. <laughs> Man, these honestly, because they just sound the fucking same. They all sound exactly the same, and it's not a good sound. I was honestly listening to it just being like, at least the Tea Party tried something. I hate what they tried, but they gave it a shot, man. <laughs> Big Shiny Tunes is sponsored by 20 times extract Salvia. No name brand Salvia. <laughs> it's yellow, little, yellow, different. <laughs> Have you ever watched a cartoon and wish you could become that cartoon? Well, now you can. So. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's let's move on. Um, the next song. Mm -hmm. This is one of the few bands that I don't like that I feel bad for. The track is called uh, "Now That You Are Leaving" by Not by Choice. As, as someone who's not a musician but was a pop punk fan, it does all the things that I wanted a pop punk song to do. Mm. Uh, and it does them well. It's a nice full sound. It goes the whole time. Um, they uh, uh, they don't whine. They just go at it. And while I don't like it, I feel bad that they came in during the death knell because they they are good enough at a thing that isn't very good where they could have had quite a career, I think. And they just they were the guys right at the end. They were they were the last person to get a Tamagotchi, and uh, and nobody cared enough to kill it. You know what I mean? Um, the only way that any of this is excusable is if they've given multiple interviews over the years about uh, destigmatizing sex work and all the money of their sales go toward outreach initiatives. <laughs> <laughs> like, did you watch the video for this one too? Uh, which which one was it? I've, oh, the only note I've got it here is that even the even the video is dated in the moment. Well, it's it's yeah the same formula as their music video before. It's a bunch of boring, lame performance shots cut with a bunch of like quote unquote models that show up and they're partying with them. And then they show them like waking up with them uh, the next day in bed. But it, oh, it, 
Was this the 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 reality show video? I guess so. I don't know what the fuck it was trying to go for. Uh yeah, I think I think it was these guys. Um yeah, so it was like it was like they were a band that had been congratulations, you've been chosen to be not by choice. And they go and they have like a rock trainer. Yeah. And um and there's like, yeah, there's the two like uh almost almost certainly porn stars in the limo when they get in. Uh to to quote you, I think in our very first um Big Shiny Tunes episode. Uh, to paraphrase your feelings on Hugh Grant, it is a disease what these guys are. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, moving on from one disease to another. The second <sighs> Coldplay song on this compilation. What the hell are the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs doing not on here and Coldplay's on twice? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this is Scientist by Coldplay. Um it's just it's you know what? I'm not even like Coldplay's they're fine. They're a fine band. We talked about them last time. They put on a hell of a live show. They know how to make their music. What the hell are they doing on this compilation? Mm-hmm. I honestly I could only think of two things, and it was either A, much music saw that sales were dwindling for big shiny tunes, and so they wanted a big ticket band. Uh, that isn't your normal rock band yeah. to try to bring in new people to buy it. Or B, their label wanted Coldplay to start having more teenage male fans. <laughs> and so thought that maybe lumping them in with Not By Choice and Nickelback might uh, might move some more records. But I don't. I, I just don't get this choice at all. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it seems like their interest is only in the power ballad version of Coldplay, which obviously they, they do often. By the way, by the way, anyone listening trying to remember which song The Scientist is, it's the one that goes... But when I was watching the video, I got this like... At, at first, I was like, okay, I don't like this song, and I hate that it's on... The compilation but one thing that i kind of admired about it was that it is shot in reverse uh but he has learned the words how to mouth the words backwards so that it looks like he's singing the the words the right way while everything is being filmed backwards and that's a very difficult thing to do but then but then i watched um i, I mean i didn't watch the whole thing i skipped to the end because it felt like it was gonna there was gonna be a a, a moment at the end of the video and therefore at the beginning of the story because yeah. it was shot in reverse and and it's a big car crash Right, he, yeah. they swerve off the road to avoid a truck. Um, his girlfriend goes flying through the windshield. Yeah, and that means that the rest of the video is him just taking the accidental death of his girlfriend super well, because <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> all he does is just walk through town and he's just sort of singing softly, and you go, man, this is you really you're not coming off great here, Chris. <laughs> this isn't this isn't ideal. I mean, nobody said it would be easy to come off great, so. Yeah, that's a fact. And uh, honestly, Chris Martin still hasn't managed to do it. No matter how many good causes he tries to front, he still just kind of comes off as a tool. This is the only Coldplay song that I've ever heard that could really use a well-placed fucking. <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought you were going to say a well-placed chime swipe. Yeah, just like it's the one time where I was like, just drop an F-bomb, Chris. Just put it in there. <laughs> you don't know how fucking lucky you are. <laughs> That's, moving on that's that's all i got we're moving on we got two songs left penultimate song yeah by a band that i was so excited to see on here and was so disappointed with the song chosen <laughs> it's gob give up the grudge um lay lay on me what uh you felt listening to this I mean, I mean i know i know gob from the second show that i ever saw which was in the basement of the langley community center and they played with the decepticons 
and the Black Halos, and it was fucking amazing. I was 14, maybe, and my friends and I all like snuck into the show, and we had an absolute blast. And I loved them. I'd never heard them before. A friend, a friend of mine told us to go. And so we went and checked it out. And it was they were so fun. I became a Gob fan immediately. And um, they all seemed like really nice guys. And their music was always very fun and very dumb. Their Too Late No Friends is great. But the album that I love by them was uh, How Far Shallow Takes You. Um, I'm not saying it's a better album. It's just the one that I, I ended up embracing. Um, and so, But I knew them as these like silly, dirty punk boys. Sure. And this is the, 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 the reimagining... This is a repackaging of Gob that really depressed me um, because as soon as like while I was listening to it, I wrote down this has real um, late 90s office drones music video vibes. <laughs> yeah. And then I watched the music video and I was like, there it is. There are the people in suits that are against everything that is good in the world. And yes, they end up moshing it out with the punk kids and it's fine. <laughs> it just felt like a, a miss. It just felt like a shame. And for a band that was so cool and very canadian and very silly and fun to only be accepted into this once they sort of changed everything about themselves really depressed me i think you are still holding on to those feelings of um betrayal that you felt when you're younger and you need to give up the grudge chris um never never i mean honestly i said it earlier but uh these guys who are like 10 years older than some 41 at least have a song that's way Mm. more fun than theirs like on a surface level but um I, I agree with everything you're saying about the music video. Totally like dumb, typical, stereotypical Canadian music video with office drones that's in Watchmen, that's in I Mother Earth videos. Yeah. That's, in, that's in all that. Sure. Agreed. I mean, that's the generation they're from. So maybe it's just like the people you work with. This is the second to last song and the second to last uh, triggering of selfie, of flashbacks that I, oh, that I had. Take um, us on our trip. But this time it wasn't because of the video. It's actually weirdly because of the lyrics in the song. So... Mm. Okay, get deep with me now, man. Okay, I'm ready. First verse is, don't make me listen to the stupid broken record again. The needle skipping and repeating, never reaching the end. You're bitching and complaining like you've got it so tough. I'm sick of all your crying. Will you ever shut up? Okay? Hmm. So, question. Are Hmm. they making fun of this compilation series, or are they making fun of our podcast? Oh, shit. <laughs> jump in a lake, man. That was a jam. I want to jump in a lake. Yeah. Sunshine it down on the beach, beach in, in the, the summer. summer. I want I to jump so in man. the void. <laughs> salvia causing a brainstorm. <laughs> Take it, Salvia, on a beach in the summer. <laughs> okay, so the next song is the last song in the album, inexplicably. <laughs> The last song on the album. There's no reason to this other than that they thought no one would listen this far. So who cares? And it's called Get Loose. It's by a band called The Salads. I've never heard the song before. I've never heard of The Salads. And I'll be happy if I never hear of either again. Not to be confused with Get Free by The Vines. Yeah, which is an amazing song. (laughs) This song is honestly the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my entire life. It's so (laughs) silly. And you know how earlier I was saying that like um, I was so I was starting to give credit to Tea Party for at least trying something. These guys, I did. I couldn't even give them that. It's so bad that I I was like, my first thought was, you know, sometimes you're the only person doing something because like you're ahead of the time and mm-hmm. you're interesting. And sometimes you're the only person doing something because it's bad and no one should have done it in the first place. Yeah. And that's the salads. It's like reggae, <laughs> trip hop, punk. Um, 
I got like, do you remember the band Zebrahead? Sure, yeah. I think I got like Zebrahead showcore crazy town vibes off these guys. I, I, I don't think we're ever going to crack uh, who is behind the decision making of this compilation at this point because um, this is another Canadian band, by the way. They're from Newmarket, Ontario. Um, and yeah, I, like you were saying, like every stylistic choice in this could not be more wrong. Um, I, I think it, it, it's definitely funny in the same way that, uh, disturbed, uh, stupefy was. (laughs) At least that had a quotable line. (laughs) (laughs) So the thing to mention about this last song was actually, this was the, um, first video I watched out of the songs on this compilation. And it's what triggered my week long Salvia flashback. (laughs) (laughs) This video definitely has the most Salvia flashback qualities not only in the song, but the video itself, like, where do you start? The different realities within this music video. There's a behind-the-scenes making of uh, the video within the song. There's a shot. This, hands down, is the most Salvia imagery in the entire video, which is the band is getting stretched out on some cheaply designed psychedelic computer graphic yeah. throughout. Yeah. Chris, what is your sign? Aries. Okay. So I guess, yeah, the first line of the song is... Uh, not to be confused with I came into this world as a reject by Limbiscuit. It's mm. I came into this world as a Gemini. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, man, I yeah, I um I encourage everyone to check out the subreddit Salvia. There's a lot of uh there's a community there that <laughs> there's a community there that posts videos of things that remind them of the experience. This hands down would be in there. Um the words uh, you could use to express how this video makes me feel, um, they're wordless. In fact, the the only real emotion of it, and I'll uh, leave this as the last thing I have to say about this uh, ridiculous compilation, is this. <laughs> Mommy? <laughs> and that was Big Shiny Tunes 8. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> what a confusing mishmash of, uh, of tunes. Some ups, some downs. Happy to see Perry Farrell again. Yeah, I'm glad Red Hot Chili Peppers got to uh, dose us with some really, really sad vibes. They really did. Those the, the, those angry boys became sweet men. <laughs> the sweet pepperinos. Um, I, unlike Three Days Grace, I did not hate everything about this album, but to be fair, most of it. Uh, by the way, just in case anyone's listening and hasn't tried Salvia, but is thinking about it, if it's your kind of thing, then hell, maybe do it. Legally, we can't recommend it because it's a legal substance. But you know what? The choice is yours. Chris is totally right. I, if anybody uh, feels uh, interested in doing a, um, I think, class A illegal psychoactive, I highly recommend not because it's illegal, but also read up on trip reports. Because if your idea of being um, uh, flattened into a two-dimensional space while reality gets undone like a zipper seems like a good time, then maybe you should go for it. Hey, I mean, all we're saying is, you know, just have a have a peek. It's up to you. It's all up to you. That's the beauty of it. Uh, thank yeah. you, as always, for listening. Uh, please uh, rate and review the podcast if you enjoyed it. Uh, 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 five stars is very helpful, especially on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we found out recently um, that we have been in the top 50 uh, for Canadian music podcasts since we started doing this, which is amazing. Oh, damn. Um, so thank you so much for listening. That's really cool. Uh, we probably should have been more on top of that um, to pay attention to it. Though I'm not sure... I know what we could have done with it, but it's pretty cool to yeah. know anyway. But uh, if you rate and review us, that means that more people will find the podcast. And uh, as a result, we might be able to break into that 
main list of top 50 podcasts, which would be pretty cool. Um, thank you, as always, for listening. We're going to be back next week with Big Shiny Tunes 9. A definite step up from what we've had to yeah. listen to the last few times. So I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I, I might be too soon to say I haven't seen the track listings for the other ones, but I think some of the best songs uh, might be on this one. So mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll yeah. see how we feel. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, I, I think it's going to be a fun one. Um, thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week. Anything you want to add, Jordan? Bye-bye, boyfriends and girlfriends. Bye-bye, boyfriends, girlfriends, and them friends. We love you. Bye-bye. <laughs>